Hey, I'm Stevie. What's up? I'm Monty J. And you're listening to the Bookshelf Boyfriends Podcast. Where we take a deep dive with your favorite contemporary romance authors. Asking them questions about everything from their writing process to their reading habits, plus so much more. Join us as we help you find your next Bookshelf Boyfriend. What's up, bookworms? It's your host, Stevie. What's up, guys? It's MJ. Hope everybody's having a lovely Tuesday. What are you taking a picture of? I took a screenshot of something on my fucking computer. Oh. Um, hoping everybody's having a lovely Tuesday. Um, I literally have like nothing to say, bro. Like, I don't under, I don't know. I am literally doing nothing besides being depressed and writing. Um, That's it. And waiting for my grandmother's sweet potato casserole. I would like to give a shout out to Kaylee Ryan because Beyond the Game, or I think it's called Beyond the Game. Let me check. Yes, Beyond the Game came out today. And Mm -hmm. shout out Mm -hmm. to that because I am so ready for this. (laughs) I have not started it yet, but I'm going to tonight. Um, Also, Alexis Winter is now a number one bestseller. We for a very bossy Christmas, and I'm very proud of myself. I worked really hard on that book, okay, guys. <laughs> Super happy. Like 30 poppins yesterday into groups. She totally deserves it. Super happy for her. Um, and she'll be here next week to talk about said book. So get excited for that. We are very excited. We're always excited to talk to her. She's all she's, she's our home. buddy, like, she just. She, the fact that she just always wants to come back and hang out with us is just absolutely hilarious to me. Yeah, it's like, why do you want to come back and hang out with us? Right? And she's like, next time I'll bring a glass of wine. And I'm like, um, can we do this in person next time? <laughs> she's like, yeah, when you guys come to Colorado, we'll get, we'll get a glass of wine. I adore her, honestly. She's such a good person. She really is. Her and I were talking last night about that whole court case we were talking about yesterday. And because she obviously went to law school and her and I forget that so many times I literally just fucking forget that well it's funny because she was telling me last night she was like all the people I went to law school with tell me now that they're be be grateful you're not practicing right now because I guess right now it's just like a hard time for lawyers yeah post-pandemic yep um so her and I were talking back and forth and we just had such a funny conversation together. She's just such a good person. I think I, she's she's honestly one of those underrated authors too. Like I feel like people don't give her books enough credit. And I I adore her. Also the hair on my arm is like standing straight up for some damn reason. I think I'm about to get electrocuted even though it's not raining. How are you going to get electrocuted? Well, isn't that a sign of, like, you're about to be electrocuted? I thought it happens when you are electrocuted. No, it's, like, a sign of, like, being electrocuted. Like, you're about to be, like, uh, struck by lightning. That's what I meant. (laughs) That's Uh a long way away from electrocution. I mean, it isn't, though. Like, getting electrocuted is being struck by lightning. It's just, it's a form of it. But anywho, um, no. <laughs> Welcome to the shit show. <laughs> right before you get struck by lightning, your the hair on your arms stand up. How many times do we talk on this podcast about <laughs> random ass facts? I'm not sure, but it, my hair was my hair was like standing straight up, and I was like looking around. I was like, "Fuck, I'm gonna get shocked." 
I'm gonna get fucking electrocuted, like fucking electrocuted by lightning, but it's not even raining and I'm inside. So we're gonna talk about the guest that's coming on today because you all know there's one author that I have been dying to get on this podcast for the last year. And she is coming today. Which is super exciting. And it is my turn to shine. I am taking this freaking moment to myself. (laughs) I hope to fucking God she does because my mouth hurts. Um, So she's got it. I'm letting letting old Stevie take the wheel on this one, boys. I got my paperback sitting here right now. I am am ready for this moment. And I, I talked to said author... I've been waiting for this moment. This episode, when I was booking this episode, and I was telling her I I fangirl hard over her. And she gets, my cat is on top of my dresser right now, guys. I I don't know what the hell he's doing. Um, But she just, she gets notifications from me all the time because if I see something that reminds me of one of her books, I tag her on TikTok. And she just laughs. (laughs) Her TikToks, man, have taken off. Oh, yeah. She is she is doing phenomenal on TikTok, and she not only is she doing phenomenal on TikTok, but her books are doing amazing right now, like absolutely amazing. And if you have not guessed who we're talking about, we are talking none other than Charity Farrell, who is a USA Today bestselling author, icon, phenomenon. Yes. And I'm super excited to chat with her. It should be a really good time. I'm but so like excited. I said, old Stevie's taking the wheel on this one, boys. I'm so excited. I got the questions. Look, normally, my, like, if I haven't, if I'm not, if I'm the one that does the questions, sometimes my questions are a little bit shorter because I try to keep them a little shorter. Yeah. Versus giving so much detail. But if you all could see my page right now, <laughs> my questions it's look so, like little paragraphs. They're so long. They're so long and I love it. Because normally MJ is the one that has like these really like long like questions. I know. So this time around I have a lot of detail in (laughs) She's got this. She has got this. Look, I'm so excited. We're talking about Twisted Fox today. So if you haven't read Twisted Fox, please do it. Not only Twisted Fox, but go read Blue Beach which is the series that started before Twisted Fox. Um, That is six six or seven books, I think. Yeah. Um, And they are awesome. There's roommates and uh, French lovers, and there's actually a surprise baby with a widow as book two, which is called Just a Fling. Uh, Or Just One Night, I'm sorry. Just a Fling was the first book, I think. Yeah. And then Twisted Fox, which is stirred, shaken, chaser, straight up, and last round. Which, can we give a shout out for these titles? I love them. I, look, I love bar-themed books just because they're just really fun, like, when they're bar owners. Yeah. And these covers are not only legit, but, like, the titles itself, the fact that she's t- she took, like, actual sayings from a bar so chaser straight up like alcohol's themed titles so shout out to that my cat is trying to eat plastic right now so we're gonna head on over to talk to her 
Yep, we're gonna go chat with Miss uh, Charity Farrell um, or Misra's Charity Farrell. I'm not sure um, <laughs> about her books and all of that good jazz. So uh, head on over, and we'll be talking in three, two, one. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bookshelf Boyfriends podcast, Charity Farrell. Welcome, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. We are super stoked to have you on and talk to you about all things books. Um, I literally saw a TikTok of you the other day, showed up my <laughs> FYP, and I was like, God, I want to be Charity Farrell so bad. <laughs> I was like, I literally, I, and then I clicked on your profile and I was like, oh my God, I love these TikToks of my whole life. Okay. You're so good at all of that. Oh, thank you. Um, Sometimes I'm like, oh, what am I doing? No, I mean, you're doing fantastic. Whatever you're doing is obviously working, but like, I literally was like, oh my God, uh, why do I not come up with these things? This is so creative. So um, we're going to go ahead and uh, kick things off and talk about your Twisted Fox series. Um, and as like a huge reader, uh, we're super excited to dive into this, you know, series first. So it is also interconnected to your Blue Beach series. And not only does it take place in a town close by, but it takes place at um, Malika's, which is Malachi. You know, Malachi. Malachi. <laughs> You're not the first one that did. I had an audio person who did that. And I was like, no, listen to it. me. I am not the person to be going to with pronunciation. Okay. <laughs> I am so bad for it. The worst. Okay. Um, so anyways, what was your initial inspiration for this series? Um, I really don't know. People always ask me like, what was your inspiration for your books or this books? And I really don't know. I think they just come into my head or like, I'll hear a song or I'll see something. And I'm just like, yeah. That might be because I never really had any intention for him to have his own book. And I just wrote him as a side character mm -hmm. in um, just roommates. And then as I was writing him, I was like, okay, I think I'm going to give him his own book. And then it just kind of took off from there. So I don't know if it's just random thoughts that come into my head um, or like I'll see something on TV or listen to a song and I'm just like, okay, I can run with this. All right. I mean, listen, I think that, I think music is a lot, big thing for a lot of authors when it comes to that kind of thing. Um, and I was actually, because of the, the titles of the books, like, I feel like there are like multiple country songs, right? That I feel like would like fit like each of these books, like with their titles. And I was like sitting here and I was like, oh my God, I'm like, singing the songs that have to do with it so I mean I think that I think that music have has like a really big inspiration on a lot of authors so I think oh yeah it definitely does um all right Stevie take it away with the rest of the questions all right we're gonna we're, first I'm gonna say something about these covers because I'm obsessed with these covers oh, thank you they're my favorites too I they're my favorite <laughs> all-time faves then add on the the new box set covers and I'm obsessed. oh yeah I love those too I just yeah. showed them to MJ the other day and I was like, now I can, now I need the other ones too. Now I need those. Every time I know, you guys I release special editions. She did such a, Cassie, I don't know if you follow her, Seal Matthew, she did the box set covers. <gasps> She's amazing. Oh my like, God. I Cassie just am like, how is that, pot? like, how did you make that? Like, it blows my mind and she just, 
makes them and I'm like I wish I I wish I had those skills she does great she's um I literally love her with my entire heart and soul funny story about her actually so she had been like she had not been taking custom assignments because I knew that she was working on like the next book in her series and like she had been super busy and I was like super bummed out about it because I was just starting this new series and I was like oh my god I want to work with her so bad but she had pre-mades and I ended up finding this one that like fit the book perfectly and bought it and then she opened up customs again and I was like dude I was like I already bought this cover from you for a pre-made it's already a thing so if you could just match everything to this I will pay you whatever you need like please Jesus just say yes um she she is literally a genius I love her work she's so good she is she is I I, she wasn't taking I don't think um new clients with me but I think I messaged her and was like please please (laughs) take me and she's like I can squeeze you and I was like ah good and then now I always feel like I'm bugging her because I'm like uh can you do one more and so she's working on another one for me too I'm super excited so she just she she just kills it she really she's she's been on the show before so we love her oh she has she's the sweetest she was here very very early on in our 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 journey really so we were very unprofessional with her yeah she's so nice i she's so sweet so we're going to talk about one of my favorite books which is jamie and cohen's story hands down one of my all-time favorite books i will reread this thing probably a thousand times and I've gotten so many other authors to actually read this book thank you so this one this is actually the most recommended one one here as well so Jamie is a doctor and has always been in love with her sister's ex-boyfriend and baby daddy which is Cohen who is my book boyfriend what was your favorite part about writing Jamie and Cohen's story um, I think their relationship with Noah was probably my favorite, like her interacting and him interacting and just kind of the way that he brought them together, I think was probably one of my favorite parts of writing them because he is a single dad and like his son always came first, was always his priority. And she understood that and she cared about him as much as he cared about him and so I think them forming like her forming a bond with him first really helped Jamie and Cohen then form a relationship as well so I think those were those were my favorite scenes to write is when they were all kind of three together um so yeah I think that that was I'm my favorite my favorite scene will always be when she uh was it the bee sting oh yeah yeah yep and she's like no can't come in and yeah those are all he was just so cool I just he was so cool I love Cohen those are always the moments in books where I literally had to put the book down and be like oh my god this is secondhand embarrassment lady I literally cannot (laughs) (laughs) you if you then a lot of my books have like things that should be I like putting my characters in weird this would be super embarrassing argument situations um they're my they're my favorite to put them into 
I am such a vocal reader that like when embarrassing things happen, I am very much like cover my eyes. Like, oh my God, I cannot believe it just happened. Like I'm such a like enthusiast when it comes to when I'm like in the middle of things. So like if something like dramatic happens, I am like, oh no, she didn't. Like it's very much so like that. I do the same thing with movies. I have to like look away from the screen when something embarrassing happens. I'm like, oh my God, I literally cannot witness this right now. I'm so embarrassed for everybody in the room. Yeah, I think I get that same way, but I'm very, I'm very like they better, the person better be with who I want them to be. Like I will quit watching a show. Uh (laughs) The couples don't end up together. I will. I mean, I'm just very, there's plenty of shows that I quit watching because I was like, nope, not okay with my people together. I'm. I can't watch you. And then I will wait until they get back together and watch those episodes. I literally <laughs> it drives me crazy. I feel like some people would be like that with the Vampire Diaries. I was with the Vampire Diaries. Yep. People quit watching. <laughs> yeah. I will never forgive them for not making Claus and Caroline together. Like <gasps> I will never, Fine. ever, ever forgive them. for. Doing I will that. die on that fucking hill, yeah. bro. I will, I will never. Like, I thought when they did the spinoff, the original, so I was like, okay, they're going to get together, and this is going to be so great, and then they didn't, and I was like, what the, so I quit watching the originals when I found out he had, he ended up with someone else. That therapist. Watching it. What is her yeah. name? Like, I don't know, because I quit watching. Um, I, like, saw spoilers, and I was like, no. I was like, I will live and die on that damn hill. And then I was like, damn, y'all shouldn't have killed him in, in, in the originals, because they did the legacy spinoff. I was yeah, like, I saw that. Just have them slide right back on in together. They can but, just bring him back to life. I mean, they bring so many people back to life. Just like zap them and they let them come back. back to life and kind yeah. of in the Vampire Diaries. I'm I mean, right so that's like my forever one couple. I think I will always be pissed about. Oh, sorry, mm-hmm. mad about. Um, is them not ending up together? You could definitely cuss on the podcast, Ellie. Okay. I, I dropped so <laughs> like, many f bombs. Oh, I dropped I so many f bombs on here. It is not even funny. Okay. Now, I will okay. say about the Klaus and Caroline thing is, if you sit down with my friend Amy, who was actually a writer on the Vampire Diaries and the originals, they have a whole theory of why they did not put them together. I don't care what the theory They're is. Heartless is that like the theory? I think that their whole I I forget what it was because this was I mean my goodness the show's been off the air for so long now she was telling me that it was something about had they done it it would have been too expected i don't give a shit but they built it up though right you know what i mean you can't build that up and bring that like oh my gosh i'm so excited for this couple and then be like just kidding you literally you can't cannot have klaus show up at her graduation and be she oh you can't do that to me you literally oh my god and then have him say that line it's like he like talking about Tyler where it's like he's your first love and I intend to be your last and then not make him her yeah. fucking last don't do that yep. to me this yep. that yeah forever be also I just want to say that I have a bone to pick that I believe that Stefan I mean I totally understand why they put her together them together Stefan and Court Caroline but Caroline deserved somebody that was gonna choose her first and not like 
a second option and klaus always chose her first always yeah all right okay that i mean even when matt what matt was in the picture matt chose elena first and not caroline so i mean always and caroline deserved to have an original she went through a lot of stuff she deserved him and they just screwed her over and i'm just like no i don't even think that i finished the vampire diaries because i saw a spoiler that caroline and stefan ended up together and i was like no yeah, I, I don't like the people that are together. Wait. I quit watching. Technically, spoiler alert for anybody that has not watched the end of the series. Stefan dies on their wedding day, so technically he's not it's a you know that. They literally just put them together for him to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is pointless, whatever. He I'm literally dies pushing um, uh, Catherine, no, oh. Catherine into the hellfire. Oh, yeah. And he pushes himself in, too, because he knew the only way to get her in there was to push her in there with him. Listen, I don't even care. It wasn't even a huge thing. Anticlimactic over here. Glad I didn't. I would have been mad at the ending if I probably would have watched it. So, like a Game of Thrones ending. I will say they do show at the end, very, very last scene of the show is um, Caroline getting a letter from Klaus. Oh, maybe for maybe the, they will for the salvatore school which ended up being the legacy oh. oh yeah i can't deal with that yeah <laughs> i i'm like i'm bought her over that so I will never all right that was a left turn took left turn yeah we are over <laughs> all right now we're going to talk about shaking because anybody who loves enemies to lovers will love georgia and archer <laughs> oh they're my fave i was just talking they're to my so assistant about funny together that book earlier they're one of my faves I think I still have a note in my phone of quotes from Georgia oh she's so oh she's my fave heroine to write uh she had the funniest quote in one of the books I have no it might be on my old phone but she had one of the quotes in I think it was stirred when she was talking to Jamie about going after Cohen and she was like, bitch, take it, take it, run with it or something. I forget what she said, but it just cracked me up and she's just so witty. Yeah. Oh, she was one of my faves, right? And then Archer, of course, Archer's got a lot of, uh, a lot of baggage to unpack. Yeah, he does, but he's my favorite. I love Grumpy Sunshine. Like I love it. It's my favorite. And then I love smart ass heroines. Like they're my favorite to write. I love Spunk. I love like somebody who will give him just as much attitude as like he's giving her so their book was really really fun to write because he was he was a big grump um he was just very stay away from me and she's just very like in your face I'm gonna tell you what you want you know what I want you to hear yeah so yeah I loved writing them I feel like with their story you built it up so well in book one because you saw a lot of their issues in book one and how they did not want to work together or be anywhere near each other and then throw in book two and then they're like it gets it gets even better yeah so what inspired Archer's particular storyline because there was a lot there with his dad and his brother which I won't give spoilers away to that because there's a lot I don't see there it's like I don't know um I think that I love backstory when I read any book when I do anything I love 
backstory. So before yeah. I even like start it, I know like this is going to be, I like them to have some trauma before they get their HEA. Mm-hmm. So Georgia had her trauma with like her parents and, you know, basically being ro- um, raised by Cohen. And then Archer's trauma was more internal. Like he didn't talk about it, but there was something there. And so I just kind of ran with it and was like, hmm, what can I do to make him go through some shit? And so that <laughs> just like came into my head. So I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to have him do. Because for him to kind of be that far down, he needed to go through something that would explain it. Not just for him hating life or being, you know, this pessimistic kind of guy like he needed something that like really dragged him down to get to that level so I knew that it needed to be something that would be really hard and um like somebody dying or him doing something that he regretted um, a lot so yeah that's where that came from I love it I love characters sprinkled with a little bit of trauma everybody oh yeah I love writing trauma (laughs) I love them going through stuff (laughs) love it when I literally get, when I, I'm not even joking you, if I'm reading a book and somebody's not going through some literal turmoil, I will DNF that shit. Yeah. I'm like, I'm what is friend. this sunshine? What is this? Yep. Why is everybody mentally healthy and has good parents? Like what is yeah. that? Somebody, yeah. somebody they, died. Somebody needs to die or a parent or something needs to happen because I need that like angst emotion before I get my happily ever, my happily ever after. You want to so. be rocked to your core? Go, go, go read. Give me a reason by Al Jackson. Man, she just flipped the script on that, that book. <laughs> did I wait a second? I think which one is that? That's the most one. recent one. It's um, Redemption. Oh, I haven't read that one. It's um, he's a former MC member mm. and has a bar and she is a uh sun, a sunday school type teacher she teaches at a catholic school mm-hmm. very similar to my girl grace um she just is very wholesome but gets a job at this like bar that's just not the best place for her to be and he has a lot of uh of ghosts really oh i love me a troubled hero his dad is the president of an mc okay so So. i'll have to try that one i've read some of her some of her books i haven't read i don't read as much as what i used to um it's hard to read and write says every author out there yeah it is it's hard to do it is i wish it was a lot easier well speaking of archer and his brother situation we're going to move this straight off which cassidy and Cassidy, her now ex-boyfriend has her arrested. So she moves out of town and gets a job at Twisted Fox, moves in with Grace, and then Lincoln, who is Archer's brother, is, ad- is adjusting to his life post-prison. Um, was there anything in particular that you found hard writing their story? Um, I found it hard just being like, even though he did just get out of prison from his, his relationship with Archer, he was still very loyal. And I know that it was really hard when I was writing what was happening with Cassidy for him to like keep his loyalty because as much as he wanted to be like, okay, I'm not going to tell 
people like what you have going on but then he's like but you're also in danger and this is like some serious stuff that I like have to break my biggest rule that you know people I'm trustworthy people know like I've got their back if they confide in me I'm not gonna say one word but where he has to break it and be like okay like I know you might hate me for this you may never talk to me again like you may hate my guts but I I just have to do that so I think that was hard and trying to figure out the right timing when that happened and you know a way for her to try to understand it too yeah was probably was probably the hardest she was a very headstrong character too she was yeah she She was was. and if you read um the blue beach series and you she's also in there and you can kind of tell her personality from there where she's she is really headstrong and so are all of her siblings in that series because her siblings have books in that series mm-hmm. read all of them at this point oh you have <laughs> then you know Kyle and Sierra Sierra is just like an older version of her all of them every single one of them <laughs> okay so Grace and Silas are book four and this is a true friends lovers I absolutely love Grace and Silas friendship you get it um, very early on yeah yeah so Grace and Finn I think sometimes Gra- it's yeah, I, it's confused. Totally Tot- I know sometimes <laughs> I do in my brain too um but yeah they had like a friendship from almost like the beginning yes so when he agrees to be her fake baby daddy um, and doing so, these two really end up falling in love. Did anything or anyone invent and inspire this story? Not really. I, I don't know. It was, I don't write friends to lovers very often. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of enemies to lovers. So in that, I still wanted them to be friends, but I wanted there to be an issue to where it wasn't just, I, you know, I love you. I love you. We're good. Like now it's to the point where, okay, I am pregnant with somebody else's, you know, child and I'm stuck. And this puts a big, you know, cause some people are like, oh, you guys will end up together. You guys will end up together. And maybe in their minds, they thought maybe, but then now they have this big rock that just got pushed into, you know, their friendship, everything that they have. And now they have to say, okay, it was a lot easier for us to become, you know, to get into a relationship before, but this is, this is a lot more now. Like I'm picking up a hundred more things than I would have if we weren't, if, you know, you weren't pregnant. Plus I'm, you know, you know, dealing with all that. And he'd never been a dad and he was a bachelor who, you know, um, was security at a bar. So he was totally different than that type of, you know, family lifestyle. It's like, how do I be a dad? Like, yeah, and my I my dad's bad too. Like, he doesn't have a good, he doesn't have any good, like, strong parental figures. So he's like, you know, I barely, you know, I know how to take care of myself. I've taken care of myself for yeah. all these years, and now I have, uh, you know, a pregnant best friend that I'm in love with, but and now she's having a baby, and you know, I want to be there for her, but I'm still venturing into how to do that you know, not only be in a relationship, but now you also have to have a relationship with, you know, her, her child. 
which ends up being a really good story. So if anybody has not read Chaser, they should, because it is such a good book. Um, now, the final book just came out. It did. Not too long ago, which is last round. And this is Silas and Lola. This was another enemy to lovers that was kind of built up over time. Um, they were friends at first, but not so much towards the... Um, I think it was I think it was in Chaser where you got a little bit more of their story again. Yeah. And they've always kind of where things blew up. Yep. And they kind of denied their attraction and avoided the relationship altogether. So what surprised you most about them? Um, mine was how broken Silas actually was, because in the earlier books, you see him as like just this happy-go-lucky cool guy no issues you know all of his friends all the other friends besides him and Lola have issues and they are the two that are just perfect they don't really care about love relationships all of that and then when you like dive into them you're like oh okay (laughs) he actually isn't this guy that everybody thinks is like this happy-go-lucky guy like he has a lot of trauma too like his backstory had a good amount of I'd say like trauma and, you know, loss and, you know, a lot of things that he went through that he kind of like Archer just kind of like shoved, you know, into the past somewhere that he was never going to like open again. And then it kind of, as Lola had more birthdays, it was kind of like, oh shit, how am I going to be able to do this year after year after year without anybody finding out why this time of the year always affects me the way that it does, why I can't be there for you on what you consider one of the most important, you know, days. And I'm just not present. I, you know, I just can't be there for you. Yeah. I love a broken hero. Oh, I know. My fave. I literally love it. I think boyfriends. I think fiction, I think I like them in fiction because if you try to fix them in real life, they'll end up breaking your heart and kill me. <laughs> That's um, too much of a job. These yeah. Are writing. It's just like, um, it, yeah, literally, exactly. It's so much easier to write them because you can make them do the things that real guys, I don't think, would ever do. Uh, especially like, like literally, I, I was having this conversation with my partner. I was, he was like, I don't understand how, you know, like, it's like always the bad boy. Like nobody ever wants a good guy in your romance books. And I'm like, no, we want the bad boy that is going to fix himself. In real life, the bad boy that we end up with is going to have a beer gut and he's going to be hateful 20 years down the road. In this one, we can make him whoever we want him to be. It's like we, it's like he's like surface bad boy, but on the inside, he's really a good guy. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't just want like a, I mean, sometimes if you're in the mood for just like a sweet story, then never in the mood for that. Yeah, but a lot of times I need like trauma and backstory, and somebody has to die or go through some shit before they can be (laughs) invested. Yeah, yeah. Now Dallas and Willow stories makes a lot of sense. (laughs) What is it? (laughs) Oh yeah. Um. Uh, So. If Twisted Fox, if the Twisted Fox series was to become a TV or movie series, who would you cast as the lead roles? Oh gosh, I don't know. I actually saw this question and I was like, I'm going to think of something by the time I answer this. And I really have no, I really have no idea who I would do. Um, 
because people ask if I have inspo for like the characters before I write them and I don't either I had all their cover images before I wrote their story yeah so I knew what they looked like so I really didn't have like a celebrity or somebody in mind because I had them already a picture of them so I don't know I'm going with the cover any ideas the cover models should be yeah the cover models should because because I think they're perfect they really are they really depict all the characters perfectly yeah so So that's kind of who I base them off of because I found the pictures and loved them and it was like I know what you're gonna look like I mean honestly I kind of okay so when I know that a lot of people are like super picky about the actors slash actresses that play like roles that have been turned from books to movies, right? But I feel like with uh, like makeup and uh, like design and stuff like that, you can turn anybody into anybody, okay? Because when it was released that Henry Cavill was going to be the Witcher and I had played oh, yeah. that game and read <laughs> those books, I was like, there is no fucking way in hell. Henry Cavill is going to be the, and then he came out there with that long hair and that white hair. And I was like, ah retract everything I said prior to this television series coming out because Henry Cavill is now the witcher the only witcher that is ever going to be in my head so I mean I think that honestly anybody could play anybody yeah I mean really if you and even with mine like Jamie's hair on that cover it was a different color and I just had them I found the picture and I loved it and I just had her change the hair the same with um Chaser um grace's hair was um blonde and i had them change the hair so it's really easy i mean you can you know change your hair put on a wig or really anything so um but yeah i mainly just base them off the pictures that i find that works Um, i'm gonna go to this bar (laughs) i know (laughs) so you recently announced that your Blue Beach series would be getting a next generation in 2022. So what can fans expect from this only you series? Um, I think it's going to be similar to the Blue Beach series as far as like, it's still going to have the humor in it that I think my books have. Because a lot of people are like, oh, I start your book thinking it's going to be like fun and I'm laughing. And then it's like, I get midway through and then I'm crying. And so that's <laughs> like my life. plan. <laughs> Story so, of my literal life. Yeah. So I just, I like to start them off like kind of funny, humorous. And then I like to like, I like people to cry. That's like my favorite when people tell me. You're, you're catching people with rom-coms. <laughs> I know, I know. And I always try to say, I'm like, oh my gosh, I try to be, not make it look too rom com because I've had people who've been like, I thought I was going into this light book and then now I'm crying. But I'm like, my beginnings, I like them to be like really quick, catchy, like an awkward situation. Most of my yeah. life, whether it be the night after one night stand or you know, they're arguing in a parking lot. And so um, they tend to start that way. And then you kind of dive into their trauma and their mess. And it gets a little bit deeper than that. And you're but like, it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be something <laughs> along those same lines-ish, but you're also getting the Blue Beach characters as their parents. So you're seeing them and how, you know, they are years down the road. All right, so we're super excited about it, and uh, 
we can't wait to see like what you're going to do with it. I'm sure it's going to be literally amazing in its catfishing rom-com goodness. Um, <laughs> so we're going to shift gears and move to writing questions, which is my section. Um, are you a plotter, a pantser, or somewhere in between with the lovely word we like to say, planter? Um, I'm a planter. So I, I've started to move into plotting more. Like when I first started writing, I had no idea. I would just write and stuff would come into my mind and I just keep going but I have started plotting more but there have been a lot of times where I've thought I've had an entire book plotted and I've deleted 75% of it because it's just not working and um so things change like I was just talking to my assistant this morning about the next series and we were talking about book one and we were like well we never know. It might change because there have been instances was I've deleted, I've scrapped a whole book almost and restarted. So yeah, it's, it's depressing, but <laughs> it happens. But yeah, so I've been trying to plot more, but I still end up pantsing some of it too. I honestly, the more people we get on this podcast, the more I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely a plotter. Yeah. You know, like I tried, I tried to convince everybody that I was maybe a planter, you know, that I was kind of go with the flow when it came to that. And it's really odd because in my, in my personal life, you know, like outside of writing and work, I am very much a planter with life, right? Like I'm very much a pantser, like very spontaneous and adventurous, but it's like, apparently I'm very anal when it comes to everything, when it comes to the book stuff. Um, now I don't like plot like uh, I know that some people do the like cause and effect in every single chapter like every single chapter has to have a breakdown now I don't do that number but like I do plot like the more people come on here and they're like oh yeah I'm a pan I'm a planter and they tell me what they do I'm like yeah I'm definitely a plotter definitely thank (laughs) you yeah I know some people who literally have like everything to a t and I'm like how like I have little maybe like four sentences to each chapter in my plotting and that's about it and it's just like they'll do this and he'll do this and then that's it so yeah I'm not big time plotter I'm planter so do you have any interesting writing quirks when you sit down to write like eating Twizzlers or like having to wear the same pair of socks or a hoodie etc um I don't No, I've actually been, we recently moved into a new house and it has been hard to try to find where my writing zone is. Mm So, um, I used to share an office with my partner and we used to work together. And then when we moved, I was like, Oh, I'm gonna, like, I have my own office now. And I'm like, Oh, so I made it so pretty and I made it just everything that I wanted. And now I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't write in here. Like what the hell's going on? (laughs) Like this is, this isn't right. And so now I have, I've taken over half of his office. So I'm back in his office and I put a desk and everything in here. Um, And so I, I don't know, but then I move around the house too. So I think it depends if I'm editing, I have to have complete silence. I put headphones on, but if I'm writing, I just kind of, I move into different rooms. So I really don't have like a ritual. I wish that I did. I've tried to, but it just doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. I've tried to like get up and write in the morning and sit down and light a candle, 
and it just it doesn't work for me be aesthetically pleasing and it's just just not happening <laughs> yeah that I know I'm like I spent so much time on this and then now it's just kind of it's a pretty room to look at but I do have like I do any like books in my store I do all of that in there too and sometimes I'll do editing and stuff but I kind of just move, I'm trying to find the best place here where I can write the best at so, yeah but I wrote so long in the same place that I think it's messing with my head because it's like you wrote here for years and now you're moving us somewhere else and my brain's still adjusting. Yeah. Um, so what do you like to do when you're not writing? Which I feel like is, you know, like with authors, it's like, what, what do you mean not writing? I know. Well, <laughs> I took a break or I'm on a break. Um, I moved all of my releases back, which I really was nervous to do. So I'm on like a mental health break from burnout. <laughs> So I'm now trying to figure out what I do in my spare time <laughs> because I used to just write all the time. Um, but I watch TV, you know, I, um, I have a dog, I hang out with my dog. I online shop a lot more than I probably should. Um, my life. And I, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stop myself. Um, but yeah, that's really, that's really it. We kind of just hang out and um, like I said, we moved, so it's been a job getting everything, you know, ready and together in the new house. So yeah, that's about all I've been doing. I mean, honestly, I think that taking breaks for your mental health is super important and that, you know, you knowing that you needed to do that, I think that's a great thing. Yeah. It's hard to try to keep up with releasing because so many people release a lot. Yeah. And I'm a slower writer and I rewrite a lot. And so it was just like hard because I'm like, I cannot be somebody that releases five, six times a year. As much as I would want to, it, it's just hard trying to keep up. But now I'm just like, I know I can't, I can't keep up. Like I'm a good two year, two a year, maybe three. Yeah. And that's all I can, that's all I can manage. I wish I had the strength to write five six seven books like some other people do I'm like hey. I cannot I could never no some die. people can like you know and I'm like how can you do like they write like 10,000 words a day I'm like you're and I'm like, a psychopath how? that's what you are like I can write 300 that? words and then take a break I can do about a thousand twelve hundred um but my issue is then I go through and I rewrite those words like four or five times um and I've tried to stop myself and I just, I can't, I have to, I have to rewrite. And even if I change one word, I still feel like I'm doing something. <laughs> right. Um, so what is, this is my favorite question for authors. What is your, what is the weirdest thing that you've had to Google for a book? I was trying to think of this one. And I always know whenever I Google something, I'm like, this is really weird. And yeah. I need to remember this. And then I forget it later. Like, cause I've had people who, you know, died from different types of accidents, but I did think of the last book, last round, I was Googling, um, like different fetishes, that, um, <laughs> like, like a weird fetish, not like a yeah. super, super weird one, but 
then it like, I forget the name of it now, but it's in my book. It's like an armpit fetish where okay they like to like do stuff with people's armpits and so I like googled the details of that just because it makes a little scene in the book but it was it was weird and my editor was actually like oh my god I had to google this too and oh I wish I remembered the word but if you look at it it's in there yeah it's like an armpit an armpit fetish oh god (laughs) what is it and it's like they like stuff with armpits mash i'm not even fucking yeah that's it it's something like that (laughs) i can't pronounce (laughs) anything Uh, and that's what it was and i was like i was just trying to find something that was weird but not like too extreme um and i was like okay an arm an arm an armpit fetish will will do yeah that is Um, i think that's on the list of weirder things that i've i've heard authors say they've had to google (laughs) <laughs> um all right cv i'm gonna let you take over reading questions so Would take you start them so i can go check my door yeah absolutely sure i'm gonna start these um so what is what book has your favorite cover um i don't know i i feel like my cover love kind of what i'm into shifts a lot yeah um like I'm having a lot of my covers redone because now I'm really liking like illustrated object covers yeah um and so but I feel like maybe in a year or two I'm gonna be like eh but um I love I've been loving like I know we were talking about Cassie earlier but Mm -hmm. now whenever I see a type of cover that she does because she has such the like gorgeous just object covers and like flowers and design and I'm like these are so freaking pretty. Like I'm obsessed with these. So those have been like my, when I see a good, like there's that one, uh, it's like pomegranate. <gasps> Promises and pomegranate. The cover is gorgeous. Absolutely. And I, I bought cover. it. I didn't even read the synopsis. Like I saw the cover and I was like, I don't even know what this book is about. Yeah. But this cover is gorgeous. Like I've got to have it. Um, and so I've been loving those. And then I love like, just like sweet, kind of like, um, the Twisted Fox covers. There's another author who has really pretty covers, but just when like, it's like a, a couple and it's kind of like small town romancy. Yeah. Um, I really like those just like, you know, um, whitish background and just real, um, cute. I really like those too, but I've been really loving the object covers and the illustrated covers I think that TikTok has shown like I feel like people on TikTok love themselves like a discreet cover you know like the mm-hmm. granites like they're really into those covers which I love because don't get me wrong like I love a hot guy and I love a couple but like I'm a, I've always been obsessed with like object like object covers I think they're so cool I love them and like promises and promises and pomegranates is like one of my favorite covers of all time and Dee will literally tell you that I bought Claire Contreras's fable and other lies and I had no idea what the book was about it could have literally been about like shoes and I would have still bought it because the cover was that pretty yeah I think I have that one too but yeah I think it's really helped too because a lot of times as authors like romance authors we thought we have to have a hot guy on the cover like yeah if we want to sell our books we have to have a hot guy on the cover because that's how it kind of was but I think as 
you know, book talk has come out, it's like, okay, because I, you know, I've always thought object covers and stuff were, you know, gorgeous, but it's hard. It's hard. I mean, the numbers show books with guys sell better. And that's Um, why I'm going to put naked guys on hardbacks so I can do both. Yeah. See, so so that's why I did special edition covers because I was like, I'm going to try this out, but I'm kind of afraid to like jump full in because it's a whole series. So I did the um, special edition once, which I was obsessed with. And then, so now I'm redoing my Blue Beach series. They're all getting new covers. Um, So I'm excited for that. Super exciting. I know. I'm like, oh, I just want to release. They're all done except one, but I want to like show everybody them all the time until they're oh. until they're ready. I'm gonna need to win the lottery with all these special edition covers. <laughs> there, I, I know am, they're coming out everywhere. I like, am the worst. Like I literally got a set of books for my birthday from Alexis Winter this year, and she recovered them as soon as she sent them to me. So then uh, she's like, "I'm sending you the other set," and I'm like, "So now I have two sets of my the original covers and the new covers." It's always nice though, I think, to give a little refresh, but I'm changing some of my backlist to some like object covers. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what they look like. And it's nice that we can change them too. Yeah. Without, you know, having, we can be like, oh, I want to change a cover and then we can change it. I'm, I think I'm really excited, even though I, I own Colleen Hoover's books, but she's in the process of changing November 9th and all your perfects and the oh my god like they're so gorgeous and now I have the original all your perfects so I'm like this is going to Vegas and now I'm gonna need the one with the couple yeah 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 I saw those hers are pretty they're doing a lot of like flowers with hers um which I think are really pretty they're pretty colors too they really pop make those like the title pop and all yeah, but I don't think any of us, I think if Colleen Hoover had like a blank cover with nothing on it, I think we it. would still buy it. Like oh, we would yeah. still read it and we would still buy it. Literally, like yes. it could have nothing. Which I'll be honest with you, I can't even front that I was just introduced to the world of Colleen Hoover. I had yet, <sighs> yeah, I had literally this year was my first year reading Colleen Hoover. Uh, so, <laughs> and I'm to blame for that. Yeah, I hate you so much. Um, so now I'm obsessed with this woman and it's like, thank you so much for this, Stevie. I really appreciate it. Uh, oh, and she, she recommended, she was like, oh, she was like, read, um, it ends with us. It ends uh, with us. she was like, I you'll love, love telling people to read that. I was like, you suck ass. She did a time lapse of her reading this book. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And there are like multiple times where you just see me just sitting there staring off into space, like contemplating like why I've done this to myself. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. It was, it's well, so you go in blind. Like I did not know what I was going into. And I was, I finished it. I was reading in the bathtub. Yeah. And I finished it and I was literally in the bathtub sobbing my eyes. <laughs> and I was like, what did I what did I just do to myself? I'm and so now when anybody's now. like, what book should I read? I'm like, it ends with us. Like here, like I lend, I have a couple copies actually myself. I'm like, read this. Just, just read it. Let me know no what you think. I no joke. When the scene where he's like naked truth, where'd you get the magnet from Lily? I literally, oh my God. Every oh single God. time 
I was like, this is going to end so terribly. This is going to be so bad. I cannot deal with this. So, so yeah, I had like a mental breakdown, but it's fine. And Justin Baldoni yeah. better not screw this movie up. You're going to do great. I think it's going to be great. I think it is. I and think if that... he's not the lead character, I'm going to be pissed. I'm interesting. Uh, I'm interested to see how they're going to do the time hops with the letters. Like, I'm interested right. to see how they're going to do that. Are they going to do, like, all of Atlas and Lily in the beginning of the story and then do Ryle and Lily and have Atlas appear? Like, are we going to get flashbacks? Like, I'm very curious. I'm very curious. I think, I hope they do flashbacks. I think flashbacks would probably be the way, the, I mean, I'm no movie producer, but um, I think I love a good flashback. So I, I think it would... Um, but I'm excited who we're seeing for the cast. Oh my god, yeah, Ryle is not the sexiest hunk of person I've ever seen. I'm telling you, Justin Baldoni needs to be him. Ryle is there is a campaign on TikTok about this right now. No, 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 no. really. Yes, I don't want him to be Ryle. It's so funny to to see the TikToks where people are like, I love Ryle, and I'm like, you just wait, (laughs) you're not gonna love (laughs) Ryle later. I see people so many times. And they love him. And I'm like, yeah, you just wait. But it's like, also, I'm so guilty. I was like, I loved him too. You know, I was like, yeah. oh my God, these naked truths are so fucking cute. Like, yeah. I love him. He's a doctor. And then I was like, oh, just kidding. I'm so joking right now. I hate yeah. this man. So it was yeah. just, that book traumatized me. That book <laughs> literally traumatized me. She's like, which one should I go into next? And I was like, please go read Verity. <laughs> you I, need to read. Have you read The Idea of You? No. Have you read it, CB? I might have. I have to see a cover. Oh, you, I think you have to remember. If you, you need to read that book too. That book, I literally wanted to throw my Kindle across the room after reading that book. There's yeah. been, um, It Ends With Us and Idea of You are probably the two books that I want to say ooh, I still thought about for like days and I was still frustrated. Yes, I have read this one. You have? Uh, Did the ending not pee you off? I get really irritated with books. Oh, the ending. And everybody I've talked to has been like, I won't even read that book or I don't even recommend that book to people because the ending, oh, I was so, so mad. So if you need an ending, another one with an ending that makes you be like, wait, what? read that one it's probably one of my faves too I'll get a call like what the fuck did you just give me (laughs) that's what my friend because my friend was like yeah read it so good so I'm like okay it's older woman younger younger guy which I never I'm not a big I don't read a lot of that age gap and but I was like all right I'm gonna try it out and then it was so 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 good and I was I stayed up to like six o'clock in the morning reading it and then the end of the page, like the last page, you're like, wait, wait, what? And then you just like sit there and trying to like take everything in. And then you get pissed because you're, it's not the ending that you wanted, but I, I would read it. That's one of my faves too. Well, shout out <laughs> to Candy Steiner. She's writing one. So let's see how this goes. Oh, the, the age gap with a guy and a girl. Yeah. yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like an age gap and I don't really care who's older or who's younger. I always like them. It's just, the, it's rare finding the older woman, younger male. Yeah. There was another one I read years ago. I forget that I enjoy it. I just don't, I don't feel like there's that many out anyways. Like it's not yeah. a big, 
not a big trope. I agree. It's normally vice versa with a man and then. Yeah. What question am I on? You Mm -hmm. are on what attracts you to a book because I took the first one. Okay, so what attracts you to a book? The cover, the blurb, a recommendation from others, or the title? Um, I take a lot of book recs. So if somebody's like, you need to read this book, it's so good. Then I, you know, I do that. And then like I was just saying, um, if I see a cover that I love, Mm -hmm. I get it and I don't even know, like without even reading the blurb, without reading anything, I'm like, I like this cover. And I have no idea. Or if it's an author that I've read previously I usually know I'm gonna like their books without you know reading that's how I am although I do buy someone cover whims I tell you something right now any I mean like I I tell everybody that comes on here Penelope Douglas could be offering off a blank sheet of paper with the word it on it and I'd still buy it yeah I I think when you have those authors that you know are your you know that you love reading you're just gonna one click them that's how that's how I am but um, I do a lot of book recs from people too. That are like, you need to read this book. I want to, I think that, I think you, Kaylee Ryan, and probably SC Stevens are my one clicks. Like there's pre-orders like for days on my Amazon right now. Yeah. <laughs> for, like all sorts of books. <laughs> Good old pre-orders. Yeah. I, I have some like that too. Like Colleen Hoover, which I've said, I'm like, I just buy hers. Um, I think. Like I said, I haven't read in a while though. Um, L. Kennedy, uh, I'm obsessed with her books. I love her books. So I've pre-ordered any new releases that she has. I also like those Briar U boys. Too. Yeah. And then Kennedy Fox too. Oh, we lo- I um, love Kennedy Fox. Yeah. Love those Bishop boys, man. I know. They, they, they know how to write a good boy- boyfriend. They do. Especially cowboy ones, man. You know, I've never read cowboys. Like, I'm like, cowboys are not my thing. Like, I don't read cowboys. I don't read. And then, but I've read theirs. And I'm like, okay, this is not the cowboy romance that you think you're getting into at all. So, yeah, I think if you're not a cowboy romance reader, still read them because you'll you'll like them. No, I can't do it. Sorry. I literally cannot, I have tried to get into cowboy romance. I really have, but I'm raised in the South and I literally, they don't look like that. I can't. I literally fucking look like that. <laughs> I am just like. You see the TikTok, some of them do. No, they get, no, they don't. No, they don't. Okay. Listen, they do not look like that. One in a million looks like that. Multiple ones living in the same area. Bullshit. No, it's a lie. Working on the same farm, liars, all of you, liars. Uh, and listen, like, you think, look, I don't know mafia guys, but I'm sure you're gonna want me a mafia guy. I'm but. no joke, no joke. We literally, so during hay season, okay, which is just the stupidest shit ever, but during hay season, which is like right before summer starts, farms will have, will like hire dudes from like out of state to do like haying and like hay bales and that kind of thing to get everything ready for like the fall and like the harvest and all that shit right 
I don't care who you are. I literally lived in, in a small ass Southern town for the whole, my entire life and saw so many cowboys come in and out of that fucking town and not a damn one looked like these fucking books did. Not a single freaking one. But you're also from Virginia. Uh, okay, see, they're in Texas. I literally live on the border of Tennessee. Live okay. on the border of Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, just give one a try. And some of them, not all of theirs are cowboys either. Like they have their checkmate series is oh, not so cowboy. Good. What oh my god, I was dying on the floor when I read that book. Like, oh my god, I was dying. And that's not um cowboy western. It's like yeah. straight enemies to lovers, new adult. It's um, just like every hilarious. time I read them, all I see is just people from my town. I just I literally cannot. I <laughs> Deal. I see. just think of hot people from your no, house. I just can't. Think no, maybe not. they could be this hot. I didn't date. I know. I literally, I cannot though. Like all I see is like camo Carhartt jackets and boots. <laughs> Listen, I live in Indiana. Jeans <laughs> that are tucked into their boots. Um. Oh my god. The uh, cowboy like hats, like ball caps with fish hooks on them. I literally, li- oh yeah, <laughs> literally, oh my God. And then Copenhagen Wintergreen and Mountain Dew. Oh, not the, that, that's the dip, right? Yeah, yeah. Di- I oh. Yeah, I can't, I literally cannot do it. Okay, so anywho, Stevie, do you have, did you take the last reading question? Are we moving to trope? I'm moving one more, I have one more. Okay, go. So who are some of your favorite authors to read? Um. So like I said, I read a lot of Kenny Fox, um read a lot of L. Kennedy um Coho I've been into thrillers lately I've like taken a break from romance and I've been reading some thrillers mm-hmm. um I by Keeland I read a lot of her um yeah I read a lot and I don't know if you guys ever do um just contemporary or um women's I read a lot of Jodi Picoult I don't know oh yeah you guys oh she's amazing I love throwbacks oh yes oh from the day yeah but I just I love her she makes stuff. me feel empowered yeah oh she's just so things that I would not think I would enjoy reading about I'm like yeah this is so good like her Amish like, books I haven't read that one but I do have it um but um the pact will forever ever ever be one of my all-time fave books um it's probably it's amazing that and the bronze horseman I don't know if you guys have read yeah oh my god it has been on my kindle for months I think it's almost been on there for a year now and I still have not got around oh my god it is so it's long it's long and I did not think that I would be into it because it's historical yeah and I don't like it's amazing it is um it's not but it's not you don't feel like you're reading historical it is just, it's amazing. Like, I was like, I don't think I'm going to get into this. And then I couldn't stop reading it. And I've read all three books and they're like long as hell, but they're so good. I'm going to have to check it out. Also, P.S. I know that we were talking about promises, promises and pomegranates. That's such a tongue twister. Uh, she's about to release a new cover for the second one in the series called Vipers and Virtues. And the cover Ooh. reveal for that is in a week. And I'm so fucking excited. Wow, I bet it's going to be pretty. Oh, I, I still need to read the book. I don't even know what trope the book is. Oh, I it's, a Hades it. and, it's a Hades and Persephone retelling, but like, oh, okay. Style. 
Yeah, I haven't read it yet, but I just saw the cover and I was talking to a friend and she's like, oh my gosh, I, she saw the cover too. She had, I don't think either one of us have read it, but I was like, this cover is just so pretty. It is a really good book. I need it. I, I it. think Emily's getting ready to reveal her cover too, which yeah. is uh, the second book in the Hooked from Hooked. And that one is, uh, sc- I think it's Scarred. It's Scarred, yeah. To Emily McIntyre. Uh, okay. She's actually Sav's best friend. And they co wrote oh, okay. They co oh, wrote nice. Be Still My Heart, which is out now. Yeah, it's, the cover for that's stunning too. Okay. I want to punch them in the throat for their covers. <laughs> I, they do Dang have some gorgeous covers. Yeah, so good. All right. So we're going to shift gears and move to the last section of the podcast, which is trope questions. Um, so what is your favorite trope to write and why? Enemies to lovers definitely is my fave. Um, that's what most of my books are. Um, I have a few friends to lovers thrown in there. Um, but yeah, enemies to lovers is my favorite to write. Mafia is one of my favorite to read. Mm. Um, although um, I haven't written any mafia yet, but I do love a good mafia romance. I love to get abducted by a man. I, I know. <laughs> like I'm crushing on the serial killer right now oh my god literally me okay if you read those kind of books you should definitely check out Trisha Wolf um that's literally all she writes is serial killer romance I wrote that down I'm actually writing that down. um start with um ugh, start with Born Darkly there's a duet and both of them are already out it's Born Darkly and then something madly I can't remember but it is literally about a psychologist who interviews serial killers she's like a profiler almost um and she's interviewing the angel maker of Maine and he's a basically a, he's a serial killer and his name is Gray and oh my god I fucking love him and he, they fall in love it's really good so it's like a romance of why am I forgetting the name of the guy who Hannibal like a Not, oh my god literally, yes literally he doesn't eat people but literally yes <laughs> at least that's okay he doesn't eat people but and that's like that's like my favorite genre trope I honestly believe that because okay so I read a lot of horror like Stephen King and H.P. Lovecraft and Ray Bradbury and R.L. Stein. I read a lot of those, which is just really weird considering I read romance, but every single time that I write romance, but every single time that I'll read a book by them, or like James Patterson, who reads, uh, who writes serial killer thrillers, I'll be like, oh my god, but like, what if there was a love story here, you know, like, what if we did this? So, yeah, those are basically my favorite. Thriller, romantic thrillers, serial killer things, those are my favorites. You know? Did you ever read um, Accidental Witness by, is it Sam Mariano? I think Let me see the cover. Name. I'm a cover person. Oh my gosh. Like I am literally, my friend and I both read it and we were like, what is wrong with us? Like, why do we love this man who has did, like he did some bad shit to the heroine too. And we're like, why are we obsessed with him? Like, what is wrong with us in the head that we we love this man it is so good like you're like what you're literally like what the hell is wrong with me for the I'm things that it. he does to her and okay. I don't care but you're like I love him like he's this terrible guy who needs to be in prison and but I love him 
and so if you like this like that you'll probably love you'll like accidental witness that's me every single day of my life and I blame that on the reason why in the first season of you on Netflix I was like yes Joe you kill that person because that's what you need to do (laughs) to end up with murder and then I I haven't watched you yet I I read the book you need to it's really good the first I did read the book but I think I watched a few episodes, but I couldn't get into it. Sometimes it's hard for me to get into something. Mm-hmm. If I had, like, I read the book years ago when it first came out. And so by the time the show, I was like, eh, I don't know it's if it's going to be as I loved good, it. but I do need to try. You I should need to try it again. Cause I was like, I need to go to therapy immediately. All right, Stevie, take the next question. What is one trope you would eventually like to write and why? Um, I want to do a thriller. So I have a thriller draft yes. on my computer and I have a few of them, but there's one that I'm like working on when I'm like in a funk, but that's like my number. If I'm like, I would love to genre hop into something else. Um, I want, I would love to write. Is it like a thriller, just regular straight up thriller or is it like thriller romance? It's just a straight up thriller. Okay, cool. I'm here for um, both. <laughs> like no romance in it. Um, I'd love to write a mafia one day too. I just feel like you need to have everything so perfect mm-hmm. for that. On a like world a planning. Storyline. Yeah, that hasn't been like used before. Um, but yeah, I want to I wanna finish my thriller. <laughs> I'm here for I it. I do love me a good mafia too though. Oh yeah, I know. My fave. I'm trying to get MJ to read Merciless by Willow Winters. I haven't read that. I do like Danielle Laurie. Have you read oh, her? I or love her. That one. Oh my <laughs> fucking yeah. god! Don't even get me started yeah. on that uh, series. Yep, I that... am literally in love with Christian. I am in love with that man. I'd let him slice me up into pieces. I really would. <laughs> if, it, if he could keep, it's me- good. It's it's good. I read it and I was like, oh my god, this is. And I had never read her or anything before. And I think I picked it up randomly. I saw somebody post it on Facebook. Yeah. And I was like, hmm. And then I was like, oh my God, this is so freaking good. Like, yeah, I started it's been all it. over TikTok too. I yeah, and now it's all over one. TikTok. And it's so well-deserved because it's like, it is such a, I mean, it, they're it's so good. Series. I literally, no joke, was started, I was started reading it, The Sweetest Oblivion. I was like on the couch, my partner was playing video games and Nico blew up that gas station. And I literally smacked my partner and was like, why the heaven you never blew up a gas station for me? Like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what the fuck? I was, like, in love. I was like, you don't fucking love me. You don't love me. <laughs> And he's like, what are you talking about? And I literally know, I am not even joking you. I do that to him every single time. My favorite book of all time is Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. And I reread it like literally every single two weeks. I'm no, it's like, I'm not even joking. I I'm haven't read that. I've heard of it, but I haven't read <sighs> it. It's my fave. I literally love it. I'll but have to I, add that. I'm just writing books down over here. <laughs> she's gonna have a whole every list. Single I know. worse for book book, book recommendations. But I, I every single time I read it, I'm like, you don't love me. Like you don't love me like Achilles loved Patroclus. Okay, you don't love me like that. <laughs> He's like, you, what? The hell you are you talking about? drag somebody's body around Troy like multiple fucking times because you are so like devastatedly angstingly broken that I have died. You wouldn't fucking do that for me. 
And he is like, you're on crack. You are literally on crack. And I'm like, no, I just know what the definition of true love is. And that's not it. Okay. This is not it. <laughs> At least he's taking you to Vegas for the signing. It's fine. Yeah, I know. See? He does love you a little that's bit. That's somewhat true love. The poor thing is just like, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, do you, I don't understand. <laughs> do you, you want me to go kill someone? Please? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, Jesus, like, do you want me to bring you, like, a dead body to the door? Like, I'm not <laughs> sure what you need from me. But, yeah, it's okay. Um, So, what is one trope you will never write and why? Uh, one trope? I, I don't know. I don't think I could ever write anything historical mm-hmm. because I just, I don't know enough about that. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I history is not my thing. I don't think I could ever write history. Plus my books, I use a lot of like like terms that are like people only like in our generation would know. So wow. I would have no idea how to write any type of dialogue that's like in historical romance. I wouldn't know what I don't know what I was what the hell I was doing. So yeah, that's probably it. That or like a nonfiction. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> well, notice okay. she didn't say the one trope that gets said a lot. Well, the two what is tropes. It? It's like we, my trope. We have a theory on this podcast. Okay. And normally with this question comes two answers. It's either yeah. the one that I love or the one that MJ loves. So it's like. Is it reverse harem? Yeah. That's yeah. MJ's. Yeah. That's yeah. MJ's. But can you guess that. what the is other trope like, is? Is it, um, is it incest? No. No. Okay, because that's one. What is it? It's surprise baby. Oh, I love surprise baby. If somebody says, like, when we ask, "What is one trope you'll never write?" If somebody says surprise baby, then their favorite trope to write is reverse harem, and vice versa. Uh, It has never failed to not end up that way. Yep. See, I don't. I don't think that I. But I'm like, I never, never say never. I don't know if you'll ever see a reverse. I don't know if I could write one. I don't read a lot of RH. I do. Um, oh my God. But yeah, see, I don't read it because I'm just like, I use, you know, I There's don't so many body parts for me. There is. Um, and I'm like, I already spend enough time like writing one sex scene between two people. Like it's a whole day's work. <laughs> like, I, mean, I, I, think- I don't know if I can add like three more people in there and not like my head explode so I promise to the people who can because I know I honestly I I think the biggest issue with people with reverse harem and not liking it is because they think it's all smut right and if you find and don't get me wrong there are definite reverse harems that are just sex but there are ones that are really well done where like you get POVs from each of the men in the harem and you kind of see how they all work together really well. And I think those are the gems that make reverse harem such a good genre, like such a good trope. And speaking of Cassie, CL Matthews. <laughs> I was going to say shout out to Cassie. <laughs> it's the best reverse harem series I've read in a long time. I love her Here Lies a series. So good. Yeah. I think it's hard because I'm like, because they because I'm like, let, let my boyfriend say there, like, there's going to be someone else. I know I'm like not having it. Like, I think <laughs> I'm like not happening, but I'm like, I just can't put myself in the mindset 
I can't. that I'd be like, okay, there are, there are a lot of things going or we're going to share somebody. Like, I just feel like I couldn't put myself in the mindset to probably write that. Cause I'm like, you touch I them. Could. I'm like, I've and- got multiple <laughs> personalities and each of them need a person. My but yeah, I don't do, I'm not, I don't write a lot of forbidden-ish. I think my forbidden-ish is like not near on some other people's forbidden. Me. I feel like your forbidden-ish would be Cohen and Jamie's story. <laughs> right. My forbidden is guy falling in love with baby, you know, or a girl falling in love with her sister's baby daddy. Or like I had one who fell in love with her counselor. But yeah, I don't, I don't. I, don't I feel like her forbidden, forbidden is my fluff. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like 100%. I'm a garbage disposal of tropes. Like, I have read just about anything you could think of. I have read it. And I'll try anything once. I don't even, I don't even care. But like, yet she still won't try a surprise you. baby yet. I oh. have read books with surprise baby in it, CB. We've had this conversation. It is not a trope that is a deal breaker. Like, if it happens in a book, I'm not like, ew, I'm putting it down. Um, but it's not something that I search in on Amazon, surprise baby. Like I don't do yeah. that. That's not a trope that I'll, I'll ever be able to do that with. And I think that's a lot because I don't want children. <laughs> I don't. So it's, like, it's one I go searching out for. <laughs> I have like, I have like 80,000 siblings. I know what it's like to have children in the house all the time. I don't want it in my book. No, thank you. <laughs> Oh, my kid. But that's why you read them in books so you don't have them in real life. Like, I I don't have children, so I like writing them because I know, like, they're not going to be in my house film stuff, but I can still, like, put myself there and give them a kid, but... I can't. I'm the oldest of five. I literally cannot. Oh, really? Yeah, I literally cannot handle it. And, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I've definitely... I wrote a single-parent romance. Like, I am totally 100% okay with having children in books. It's just not something that I'm like, yes, I want to read this every single day of my life. It's like, no, I've lived that every single fucking day of my life. No, thank you. So, all right, Stevie, you can take the last question. Take it away. Okay, if you were in a book, what trope would you want for your story? Oh my gosh. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I would probably say like an enemies to lovers maybe because that's my, that's my favorite. And I like to argue, I guess you could say with people, (laughs) but I don't know. I don't know what would be maybe an age gap because I have a little bit of an age gap relationship. Maybe that would be it if it's like real life. But we've had a couple authors on here who are living their real life tropes. Yeah. I mean, so I would say like, that's my real life trope. Um, but if I was like writing a story, well, I guess that would be my real life trope. I'm taking gap. a billionaire. Which because... probably why I don't write a lot of age gap. Cause I'm like, this is my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking a billionaire. Oh, yep. Oh, I didn't think about that one. <laughs> Look, money, they say money can't buy happiness, but it sure as hell can help. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it can buy me oh, a yeah. library. So that's why I'm thinking. Exactly. I'm running out of space right now. I need more. So if you need a bigger house too, so it can buy you a bigger house to put more books. I can have my own built-in library, like Belle and Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Mine is 100% a reverse harem. 100%. She has it picked out too. Yeah, I do. I have all of my harem already picked out. Uh, and then all book boyfriends. If I'm building a fictional world, then I'm going to put my fictional boyfriends in that shit. So, 
I mean, listen, I will include, I mean, I'm pretty sure one of them, I'm pretty sure like at least one of them is a billionaire, like at least one of them. You gotta so have like a billionaire, then like an age gap, and then oh, literally, like yes. every trope in there. Oh, literally, I literally even have- Break fans. down your harem, break down your harem. Okay, I have, <laughs> so I have, <laughs> I have Wrath from Dark Lover by J.R. Ward. He's a Okay, blonde, yeah, I've read that one. He's like literally my baby daddy. Um, and then uh, I have Aaron Warner from uh, the Shatter Me series, Love of My Life. Uh, wait, no, 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 I swapped him out. I have Simon Blackwell from Medicine Man by Saffron Kent. He's a therapist, and I think we all need that at some point. Uh, a <laughs> psychiatrist, actually. Two and, in one. Exactly. And then I have Daddy Zeus from uh, Welcome to the Dark Side by Gianna Darling. Okay. Uh, Rowan Whitethorn from the Throne of Glass series by uh, fucking... Sarah J. Mass. Sarah J. Mass. And then I forgot my fifth. And there are five. Oh, I'm literally fucking Penelope Douglas. Yeah, Damon, Damon fucking Torrance from Penelope Douglas's Devil's Night series. I feel like I've been slacking because I haven't thought about that question before. And now you have your whole your whole thing planned out. If you go to our TikTok, I break down why I have each of them in my harem. Like I do like a very indie, like there was this woman who made a, made a thing and I stitched it. She was like, oh, what's your perfect reverse harem? And everybody was doing like three of them. And I was like, well, listen, I'm going to do five because I have multiple personalities and I feel like five fits me. Okay. I'm so really salty that that video did not get enough views. It's okay. It's fine. Oh, you need to repost. But, but her dad took over TikTok. Oh my fucking Jesus. Your dad is on TikTok? No, he's not. So if you go to our TikTok, there's a video. It's, it's got like 624 views. (laughs) <laughs> and it is of, we did an indie live panel with Willow, Jen Sterling, and Candy Steiner. And her dad makes an appearance and oh, Jen God. Sterling calls him, what did she call him? She calls him hashtag TikTok daddy, but then says, I'm going to be a real big fan of this TikTok with daddy. I, literally, I, <laughs> like, oh my God. I was so traumatized. Literally so traumatized. <laughs> I was busy. You got Willow going like this the whole time. <laughs> I was visiting and I was, we were on live and I specifically told him, and my dad is a a Libra (laughs) with a Leo ascendant. So that means that he loves to be the center of attention. Um, And he, I told him specifically, I am on a live. So if you walk in here, I can't edit you out of it. So please don't come into this room. I can't edit you. Because I was visiting uh, and I was, I was literally in my kid sister's bedroom and sure fuck enough, he walks in there and he's like, what are we doing? And starts, <laughs> what are we doing? He like starts flexing on YouTube and I'm like, no, I'm going to have to go look this up. Now. No, don't. I'm going to have to go watch it. Um, oh yeah. And then he changes the fire detector and everybody in the comments is like, hashtag, like everybody's like, so he changed it while you were on camera. Yes. Because <laughs> Jen, because he doesn't change that stupid fire alarm and fire detector enough and it beeps consistently and Jen's like thanks for changing the fire alarm dad and then he fucking proceeds to change the fire alarm while I'm on this live and I'm like oh right. my god now she I'm calls, she calls herself MJ's stepmom now oh my god it's traumatizing and then literally in the freaking and in the freaking uh comment section people are like oh my god somebody wrote a story about mj's dad being a firefighter and i'm like i'm gonna vomit please he wants to be a cover model no he's not oh he's he's like changing the yeah and i was literally trying to have like that's gonna go perfect 
No, I was like, I was literally trying to have a conversation with Candy Steiner about weed. And my dad is just changing a fire alarm. It's, it's fine. Um, so yeah, that's basically the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Um, anywho, that is our last question for you. And, uh, we want to thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. You've been such a fantastic guest and we've had such a fun time with you. Uh, we're going to give you a few minutes here to talk about a recent book release or an upcoming sale or something, uh, and let our listeners know where to find you. The floor is yours. Okay. Um, well, I don't have anything going on too much right now. (laughs) Um, but I am releasing my new series in May so it's about six months away but um but yeah I am getting new covers for my Blue Beach series um if anybody likes new covers and but those are all done so if you need a new series to binge um read you can do my Blue Beach series or my Twisted Fox um you can find me on Insta, Facebook, TikTok um where else am I at on my website um just about anywhere all right well thank you so much again for joining us and uh we hope that we get to chat with you again soon all right thanks guys